0: Hi, my name is Duncan and we are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. I'm in Manchester this week and I'm joined by Matt in London and Gary in Spain, I think. Is that right, Gary?
1: Yes, I'm in Malaga, enjoying a bit of uh, sunshine.
0: Ah, oh, Very nice. Glad you could join us. What was your football moment of the week, Gary?
1: Um, well, I, I think my football moment of the week was the glorious goal from uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin um, against Man City. Uh, from about an inch out. I I think I remember doing something very similar to uh, Matt for our five-a-side team once. It was quite fun. and You could see the expression on Seamus Coleman's face uh, (laughs) when when Calvert-Lewin nicked that one. It was right up there with uh, David Nugent's goal for England a a few years ago.
0: Yeah, he was screaming at him, wasn't he, after the goal? He was saying, that was my goal, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well uh, yeah, I think I think uh obviously Calvert Lewis must be on a better goal bonus than him because he uh he, he nabbed it for so any it'd be pretty gutsy to have him in your fantasy football team, but he's doing the job for you if you if you did have him.
0: Yeah. How about you, Matt? What was your football moment of the week?
2: Um my football moment of the week was uh watching Super Sunday, um as hits usually build, but it was it was only Leicester versus Newcastle. And Newcastle got a man sent off and it was 5-0. Um, it was just... Uh, it, it, I, I find it interesting just to watch two teams I don't really watch that often. And Newcastle are terrible. Um, yeah, Steve Boost has got got problems. Yes, there.
0: Andy on the last pub was saying Newcastle was the was the worst first half he'd seen from any Premier League team ever. And then I think Gary and Andy both picked um, Newcastle as the whipping boys and it definitely came off, didn't it? Tor-
2: yeah, that was... Uh, Good foresight. Good foresight. Uh, Absolutely. And all of, of
0: that without Madison as well. So impressive stuff.
2: Yeah. I mean, Leicester, on the other side, they look like quite good. I mean, Vardy is, if only he wasn't so expensive, uh, he'd be so tempting. Yeah. Um,
0: My my football moment of the week was uh, Granite Xhaka being named Arsenal camp, uh, captain. If there was one player who I didn't want to get that honour, it's Granite Xhaka. Um yeah. Just I don't know that the perception of the fans and everyone outside the club seems to be completely different to everyone on the inside who's voted for him to be captain. So yeah, that was my that was my football moment of the week, just shock and awe at
2: uh <laughs> Granic Jack at leading us into the future. Yeah, well he started strong, hasn't he? Um uh, a nice thrilling one one draw. Yeah,
0: we've just we should say we've just watched the um the Man United Arsenal game and regretted that we didn't record during or before it because it was so dull um what about i'll, um, I'll just add
1: that i didn't i didn't watch the game because i told everyone it was going to be 1-1 on the pod last week so i, I didn't need to
0: <laughs> you did <laughs> and you were you're were completely correct um two very evenly matched bad teams um what about football uh what about fpl moments of the week matt what was your fpl moment of the week
2: Um, Well, my FPL moment of the week was definitely uh, Raheem Sterling, uh, confident boosting sort of strike off the crossbar that edged over the line and saved my game week with his uh, captaincy. I was trying to flip between him and De Bruyne as which one to captain and uh, watching the match, it looked like uh, De Bruyne was very clearly the better of the two options, Um, but it was nice to see him get a a nice bonus goal at the end of the match that was meaningless other than for fantasy football. Yeah, I think Sterling captains just kind of got away with it this week, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It was one of those where I was watching the match, obviously interested in the results and the game of football, and then the game was pretty much over. And then the best moment of the whole match happened, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Sterling scored a goal that had no bearing on the final result, but mattered so much.
0: What about you, Gary? What was your FPL moment of this week?
1: Well, I, I I haven't had a great week this week. Um, I might just put another shout out to um Soyun Chu for getting me a few points on the in the defence. Um, just just basically because I think a lot of people will be putting their defenders in against Newcastle this season. They they seem to have they, they've lost their two best goal scorers from last season, and um yeah they they seem to have replaced them with like really erratic players like um. Almirón and Joe Linton that that are actually have moments of playing okay like beating a man but just never seem to score any goals. So um, so yeah you, you 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 basically want to be look at whoever Newcastle's playing and stick stick their defense stick your defenders in.
0: Yeah. And Sao kind of flavor of the month as well almost on for bonus I think it just got taken off him at the end but yeah definitely a, a man in vogue uh very trendy as Matt would say. Um my fpl moment of the week uh was my double liverpool defense this week which has been a bit of an issue for me most of the season with liverpool conceding um kind of one goal here and there but finally um, my trent and van dyke double up came came to fruition and van dyke got eight points so it's lovely probably like a farewell eight points um from him in my team but just before they go into some really nasty fixtures, but yeah, double Liverpool defence finally paying off for me. Um, yeah, right. Should we take
2: uh, nice? Yeah,
0: should we take a uh, quick break and, and when we come back, chat upcoming fixtures. Okay, Matt, it's you first, and you've got Brighton versus Tottenham. What do you reckon to this one?
2: Um, Well, Spurs managed to get a a decent win considering they were down to uh, 10 men um, against Southampton, and Kane and Sons still seem to be doing it at the moment. So uh, I expect Spurs to win uh, because Brighton, for all the sort of looking quite good and everyone's saying it's it's more positive down there, haven't actually got many results on the board. So. I expect Spurs to win this one. Uh, it's not so tempting, I think, at Spurs right now that if you don't have Son or Kane already in your team, I'm not sure if people will be rushing to put them in just yet. But um, I was looking at some of my rivals. Ben's got Kane, I think, and Andy's got Son. And they're certainly ticking over as assets. Like, each week, they seem to be getting five, six points. It's, they're not bad. Yeah. And
0: I, one thing that kind of cropped up from the last game was Aurier's suspension. And then, kind of looking at Spurs at the moment, I'm thinking maybe was it Walker Peters is he a good option at 4.8? They've got um, Brighton away and then Watford at home
2: and quite cheap as well. Yeah, that's a good option. It's a good option. Just, I mean, my only, hes- my only hesitancy of those sort of transfers is you're basically p- putting in like a cheapish defender uh, to play as long as the suspension lasts and then he might be rotation again. So it's quite short term.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, OK, next up it is Gary with Burnley versus Everton. What do you reckon to this one, Gary?
1: So I, I think I'd, I'd make Burnley favourites for this one. Um, they seem to be kind of back to where they were a couple of years ago, very solid um, and kind of grinding out good results and always tough to play at Turf Moor. Um, I guess my, my word of caution here is that um, Everton absolutely romped this game last year, they won 5-1 at Turf Moor, um, so there might be just something about Everton play well at Turf Moor that they that they can overcome that. I think otherwise this is a game for like, this is really the clash of the, probably the mid-table teams and the mid-priced um, players, so um, in that 5-1 win you had uh, Luca Dean scored two goals. So at 6.1, he's kind of a bit expensive, but a few people, including me, still have him in the team. Um, I'm also a big fan of Chris Wood for Burnley, who's scored three goals in his last two games. Um, we didn't quite get him into the uh, the hive mind team. I, I was advocating him when he scored again last week. Uh, he's 6.2 million. Um, I also quite like Dwight McNeil for Burnley. They, they seem to score a lot of goals from crosses, and he's the guy who puts them in. And he's 6 million. Um, if you just want to look away from the mid-price players and you want to look up for for a bargain, you might you you could do no worse than look at the Burnley defence. I think they've got um, Pope at 4.6 and Loughton at 4.5, um, and I think Burnley are generally pretty tight at the back at Turf Moor, so that that might be a, a tempter. But yeah, I think I think Burnley will probably probably win this, but but you never know with Everton having a few dangerous players on the counter attack. With
0: him um, with my my kind of my love for Ashley Barnes, I I feel like I should explain the reason why I've got rid of him from my team recently, and see if you agree with this, Gary. Is that I think if I want a Burnley player in my team, I've from what I've picked up this season, it's a defensive player, and then you know strikers, however godlike Ashley Barnes may be, I just don't think Burnley score that much goal, that many goals. Is that fair enough? Do you think?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I I think he might score more this season, but I mean, I'm looking at even when, yeah, he's he's never actually managed to get a full season in in the 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 competi- in the in the thing. He, he seems to only play about two thousand minutes maximum. Um, he scored twelve goals last season, which was his best season, but he's not. I, I don't think you kind of want for six point six million. You kind of want someone who might be able to get a fifteen goal season and really kind of kick on even if it's a bit unlikely a bit like um, Jimenez last season um, I don't think he's quite that pl- I, th- I think if anyone's going to do that for Burnley it's Wood, I, th- I just think Wood's got a little bit more class than Barnes
0: Fair enough, what do you think of the Burnley double up in defence? Do you think that's uh, something people could have a look at?
1: Um, I mean I definitely look at their fixtures and if if they're at home you can be pretty confident that they'll put in a good show and they've yeah they've they've got i mean yeah their next four fixtures after this game against everton they've got leicester away chelsea at home sheffield united away so i'd i'd probably hold off on definitely hold off on doubling up just one burnley player for now
0: yeah maybe Um, maybe game week 11 it looks a little bit better but fair enough not for the moment um next up it's a it's a fixture for me it's liverpool versus leicester i think this is probably one of the most interesting of the fixtures uh, for this game week. Um I'm quite excited about it. Although I was excited about it until I looked at the um the amount of goals that both these teams are conceding and they're actually um joint top of the the least goals conceded. I think they're both on 5. So both defenses pretty pretty resolute. Um you know I I was quite surprised by that because I thought Liverpool were you know, people are saying they're conceding goals and they don't look defensively as solid as last season, but they're keeping things tight and so are Leicester. So I don't see this based on those kind of stats being a goal fest. I see it being quite a tight game. And I think these are two good teams. Um, I, I imagine that Madison will be back for this game and that's going to help them, especially, you know, in the counterattack with balls through to Vardy, who's now in form and loves scoring goals against the big teams. Um, yeah, I think the tricky one for me on on this one is I mean I'll throw this one to Matt. Would you be playing two Liverpool defenders in this or would you be going with a bit of a gamble and playing Luca Dean against Burnley away?
2: Um, That is a tough call. Um, I mean I tend to just back the Liverpool defence as being just much better than the Everton defence and I I'm up to run on my own wild card to get Dino in because I thought he'll be scoring and assisting so much and the defence might get in some clean sheets. But I'm not quite sure if that's quite transpiring at the moment. So uh, that's why I subbed him out certainly last week. Uh, so it's uh, it's a gamble. But I think if Liverpool at home, I think most times, regardless of how good the opposition are, they're going to end up
0: keeping a clean sheet. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um Apart from that, on on the Leicester side of things, I think one player that is worth talking about at the moment is Pereira, the right back, who's kind of shot to the top of the the top scoring defenders with two goals and two. And you know, speaking about Luca Dean, if people are looking to move from Dean and they've got that money tied up in him, then I mean he's not a bad option. He's pretty attacking. Leicester's fixtures after this game, um pretty good. A sea of kind of green all the way to game week 17. Um, and, you know, lowly owned, only 7% ownership. Um, people are obviously talking about Soyuncu, but there's Chilwell as well, whose price has fallen and he's low owned and has got attacking returns this season and previously has looked very attacking as well. And then, yeah, um, the midfield is starting to tick over now. Um, Perez getting a return, uh, which is good for him. Um, Yeah. I just maybe slightly difficult to pick out of those bunch, but I would keep an eye on, on Madison's fitness and maybe not for this game week, but um, after the Liverpool game, then definitely worth considering. Um, Matt, what do you reckon to Norwich
2: versus Villa? Um, so this is the relegate, uh, so the, the promoted clubs uh, sort of battle this one. So I think Norwich are going to be one of those sides that are quite good at home this season. And uh, I'm certainly hoping so with, uh, with Pookie and it's a question mark whether I play Cantwell this week. Um, I'm not sure if I can squeeze him in my t- into my team the way I've structured my squad at the moment. Who are you going to have? Who are you going to have
0: instead of Cantwell? Who's it between?
2: Well, it's between him and do I drop one of my uh, it's probably do I drop one of my Chelsea players, of Mount or Abraham, for Cantwell to have a home oh, fixture. That's tough, isn't it?
0: yeah what do you reckon i don't know i'm gonna throw that to gary what do you think gary
1: um i mean i i still feel if i still wonder if cantwell's a bit of a flash in the pan personally i mean i did he didn't play much for norwich last year um so yeah i'm not i'm not convinced um i i I would say norwich are good at home so they're this is a game where they'll probably score a couple of goals, but I wouldn't necessarily think it'll it'll always go through Cantwell. I think it might be just a bit of an anomaly that he's um, got a couple of goals in his. Think thinking of putting him. In. I see he's in like twenty seven percent? I'm I'm missing a trick here, but he has only his last four games. He's just got one goal and that's it.
2: Mm. Yeah, at the moment, I think it's on Abraham and Mount to play, just because I think I think goes right that they are better players. Um, but it's definitely attempted to have like a Norwich forward at home, um, really cheap, just in the squad. First sub on the bench, maybe. know about that? Yeah, yeah. And then McGinn for Villa as well as uh, he's he's tempting. I'd love to be able to work my squad out that I could get him in, but um, at the moment I can't. And I, I, I think he's going to be one that maybe ticks over the season. Uh, very good goal um, last last week.
1: I mean, I, I would say I think McGinn is a is a much better player than Cantwell. I think maybe Cantwell plays a little bit further forward, but McGinn will be in the Villa team all season, and he is a very good player. So I, I, I'd, I'd be more tempted by McGinn.
0: McGinn hmm. actually scored two, didn't he, in in this game week one disallowed and came back and scored another one. So, yeah, really impressive.
2: Yeah, he just seems to be shooting quite a lot and um, getting chances even when he doesn't get the points. He's uh, he's looking quite lively. Yeah, and I
0: don't see a huge amount of goal threat from Wesley. It's more about him holding the ball up and setting up the midfielders. So, yeah, McGinn seems their biggest goal threat. Um, how, do you, how do you see yeah. this game going, Matt?
2: Um, I don't know. I've not watched much of Villa so far this season. I think, though, Norwich at home, uh, I'm really hoping that Puky gets back on uh, his goal-scoring form. And I, I reckon they might just outscore Villa in this one. Nice one. Fingers
0: crossed. Gary, what do you reckon to Watford, Sheffield United?
2: Um,
1: OK, so this one is it's a bit tricky, this one, because there, there's not much past form to go on. Um, but I think I think Sheffield United have been very impressive away from home. They've got a very good shape and they're very hard to break. So basically, this this is a massive game for Watford. Um, this is kind of a barometer, I think, for their whole season because they've started the season so badly, um, and they have they have United, and then they have Bournemouth at home in in a couple of games, and their other two games in a couple of are coming up are Spurs and Chelsea. So you you basically think they've got to target this in the Bournemouth game if they're going to try and pull away from being in a relegation battle. They have to win. Um, but I, I don't see it. I, th- I think Sheffield United will, will keep Watford out. It's just a matter, a matter of whether Sheffield United can nick a goal, which they have been doing uh, in other games. Um, one, one thing I noticed looking into this was that um, the entire Watford defence at the moment, um, if you add up all their scores, they've got a combined total of 16 points. Um, seven games, oh. um, and there's actually six Sheffield United defenders that have got more than that. Um, and and there, the the fantasy football leg, legend Lundström has actually got more than double that at the moment. So uh, so yeah, it, it's not it's not looking good for Watford. So but basically, this one hinges on whether you think that the form that we've seen so far, Sheffield United good away from home, Watford terrible. If if that if you think that's going to continue. Then, then stick in Lundström or stick in um, maybe Callum Robinson is the the, the Sheffield United attacker that's um, t- attempting a midfielder playing as an, as an attacker. Um, if you want to be a bit more maverick, which I don't on this one, I, I don't think Watford will, but if you do think Watford are about to turn the corner and this is the game where they're going to show that they're not, not going to go down, then bear in mind that some of their really good players from last season – have gone down like 0.3, 0.4 on their, their starting price. You've got Pereira and Decore at 5.7. De La Feu has gone down to 6.1 from, from 6.5 and Holabas at 4.7. So there are, if, if Watford show the form they are last season, they had last season, there are some some bargains there. But I personally, I, I think Sheffield United will will keep them out and they may even nick a goal. Oh, it
0: definitely sounds that like one for Lundstrom, doesn't it? Um so I'll, my earlier question to Matt whether you go with a uh, double livable defense or Digna, I also have to choose would I go with um Lundstrom instead of those options. What would be your top one out of those three if you had to choose? Um
1: Yeah, I th- I mean I I'd be very, I'd be very anxious in leaving out Alexander Arnold or Van Dijk just because they, they're a goal threat as well. Whereas I, I, I think I went into that, I, I don't see Lundstrom as much of a goal threat. I think he's a guy who scored a goal and got an assist, but he's basically a defensive midfielder. Um, but saying that, when I was like, I do a prediction league and I was predicting all the scores. I had Leicester Liverpool as one one, and Watford Sheffield United as as Sheffield United keeping a clean sheet. So if, if if the results pan out exactly as I predict, then Lundström is the better bet.
0: Yeah, he is. Well, it's just so tempting. I don't know if I agree with you about um, him just being a defensive midfielder. I think he's had, there's been quotes from him this season that saying, you know, I'm a, I've been told I'm a box-to-box player. I need to try and get into the box and assist and score. And even in the games where he hasn't scored, he's had chances, good chances to score. Um, So I don't think it's just kind of a um, just luck that he's got those two goals. I think he is, you know, in and around the box, as they love to say. But um, but yeah, it's a tough call, isn't it? I guess it's where you build your team. Some teams are built around the fact that they have to pick, you know, Lundstrom or Rico or one of these really cheap defenders. And this is a a really nice fixture for that based on your preview. Um, Next up, it's West Ham versus Crystal Palace. Um this is one for me. Um, so having a look at this one, I was really surprised to see that West Ham are actually fourth in the table. I think they kind of quietly snuck up there without me realising. And I think the reason behind that is that they've got quite a good balance in their team. So they've got quite a lot of attacking midfielders who kind of link up quite well and they're starting to click together. And um, Felipe Anderson and Lanzini and Yarmolenko starting to get the goals. Uh, but then defensively, they've got uh, quite a settled back line. Um, so Diop and Ogbonna are building a kind of partnership and have looked quite solid in some games I've seen them, especially against Norwich, for instance. And then uh, Fredericks and Cresswell or Mazowak on the left. So, yeah, I think nice balance of the team, playing quite well at home as well. Which this fixture is um so in their three home games they've kept two clean sheets so far um and crystal palace also obviously not known for their goals Um i think palace are the third joint third worst um goals scorers so far in the league so it looks nice for a, a clean sheet and a home win but the the injury news that's recently come out is that fabianski is now injured um, and it's going to be out for a little while. And I think that might have a bit of an effect of them defensively because he's such an established part of that team, such a good shot, shot stopper and probably gives a lot of confidence. And I don't think I've even heard of his their backup for West Ham because obviously Adrian's now at, um, now at Liverpool. I think he's called Roberto. I don't know much about him. Um, not sure how it's going to go, but he's definitely not an established Premier League player. So that could... That could unnerve them a little bit. And as for Palace, I think um, Zaha kind of got his first uh, attacking return of the season and offensively looked like he was switched on again. It it always seems to take him a little bit of time to start playing again and putting in the effort after one of his transfer sagas. Um, But that seems to have passed now. So I, I think, you know, once he's on fire, not on fire, once he's back in and fancies it, then Palace are a bit more of a threat away from home on the break. But is it enough um, against quite a settled team? I'm not so sure. The one player that I think I'd pick out is Yarmolenko for West Ham for this fixture. Um, Two goals and two, looking really, really selfish in front of goal, which is what you want for an FPL asset. Um, And cheap as well, only six million. So competing with those other kind of six million pound uh, players, and maybe it's a case to say you have two of them rather than just your mount or James. Maybe you go with two of those players and free up some money elsewhere. Um
2: yeah. What do you reckon to a uh, Sebastian Hallaire who's currently uh doing very mediocre up front for yeah, me? Yeah,
0: I mean he got an uh, he got a, an assist this game week. Um, so that's not bad. He's got a lot of supply behind him. Um I think I've, I've already said a couple of times that I need to see more for him before I bring him in, into my team. But um, I think their fixtures are pretty nice. You know, I, over the next four fixtures, it's three at home, Palace, Sheffield United and Newcastle. Um, mostly I'd be targeting those fixtures for defensive players, so maybe Diop at 4.5 um, or yeah, I mean, defensively, I prefer them to, to going for Haller, but I think you've got to hold on to him. Three home games in in four, and you know, not the best teams in the world to play against. So, yeah, I think stick with him if you've got him. Save yourself a transfer, mm. maybe.
2: Yeah, he's on my uh, he's on my list at the moment. He's, he's getting near the chopping block.
0: Yeah, but maybe not a, a, an emergency flashing light just yet.
2: Yeah. Quite.
0: What do you reckon, Matt, to Arsenal versus Bournemouth?
2: Um, so. Arsenal just played out a very boring one-all draw. Um, and Bournemouth also drew last week, uh, but a bit more exciting with 2-2. Um, I think this is one where you basically just say the bigger team is playing at home. Arsenal tend to be quite good at home. They'll probably win this one. Um, but I think the Bournemouth, Bournemouth assets, everyone's going on about the Bournemouth assets at the start of the season, and then everyone sold them. And actually, they, they're starting to tick over now. And what King got a massive points return. Last game week, Callum Wilson seems to be scoring every single week. Even players like Ake seem to be chipping in with points every so often. Um, they look like quite a quite a decent fantasy sort of a source um, if you can if you can squeeze those players in your team. Uh, having said that, I wouldn't be transferring them in just now. It's all about sort of Yang for Arsenal. And how many how many points can you get this game week?
0: Is there anyone else you'd be picking out from, from Arsenal? I know we were saying last week they've got a really nice run of fixtures coming up and this is uh, the kind of start of it, I'd, I'd say, after the Man United game.
2: Yeah, well, I'd, I'd say, watching the Man United game, I'd say uh, Pepe failed the eye test spectacularly. Um, I mean, you've got quite a few of the youngsters, haven't you? Like Sacco and Nelson and um, who, who's the other one that came on later on? Willock. Willock. Um, but I, I'm not really sure which one of them's the good one at the moment. They obviously just run around quite a lot and and do bits in the Europa League. Um, so I'm not sure they're quite fantasy assets just yet. Probably need to prove themselves in the Premier League. I, I, I would say. But you're you're the Arsenal fan. What, what do you? Reckon? Yeah, I
0: totally agree. I think they just it's uncertainty over which youngster is going to start, and even if they do, they don't seem to be getting attacking returns yet. So um, yeah, I think. For me, it's just Aubameyang, um and no one else at the moment. I think there was a stat in, in tonight's game where they were saying that Aubameyang is—I think he's tied with Salah for the most goals since he signed for the club um, in the Premier League. So he he can do it, whatever the team behind him. It doesn't really matter.
2: Okay. Yeah, he's he's he is sort of uh, really quite incredible, actually, isn't he? He's, every sing, single week he does it, and um, I think Gary's got him in his team. He's uh, he's looking. Yeah. Like quite the quite the alternative threat to have in your another team.
1: nine points today, I think. So um, yeah, I'm, I guess it. You worry that he's not for an eleven million pound player. He doesn't get those massive kind of fifteen point hauls as often as some of the um, Sterlings and Agueros. But, but yeah, he's so consistent. He's, he's scored or assisted every game, hasn't he so far?
0: Yeah, he's, he's yeah. in that bracket, isn't it? Uh, kind of makes you feel like you really need space for a premium forward with agrero doing the same thing um a doing that kind of thing maybe it's just worth freeing up that cash if you can for one of those two um gary what do you reckon to man city versus wolves
1: okay so i i think man city should win this one and pretty comfortably i the one thing i put in Wolves's favor is that um they did very well against City at home last season. It was one of the few teams that actually gave City a game. And then their away game at City, they had Willy Bolly sent off quite early on, so it's it's quite hard to read much into that. Uh, I think they lost 3-0 in the end of that game, but um but on the on the on the negative side for Wolves, they've still got this issue about um the Europa League and how they're juggling the two competitions. So, whereas City are at home to Dynamo Zagreb on Tuesday, um, Wolves are away at Besiktas on Thursday. So, they're coming into it with just three days preparation, then it's pretty much the hardest game there is, away at City. Um, so, I can't see anything other than a City win. I, I, I think Wolves are too good a team to get hammered like Watford, but it, I'd say 2 or 3 nil to, to City. Um So then you're looking at the Champions League and the usual like pep roulette of who's gonna play. Um we obviously know like De Bruyne, Sterling, Aguero, if if they do start, you'd expect them to come in with a with a handy haul of points. The the interesting one for me is Mares, who at 8.5 million is a little bit cheaper. He started four games this season and got 14, 3, 15, and 10 points. So he's absolutely smashed it when he's played but then the risk is the other three games he's come on with 10 minutes to go and got one point each time so it's almost like if you think he's going to play you stick him in there and put him as captain but if you think he's not going to play and come off the bench you almost put him as you put him on your sub bench um so it's 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 a bit of a gamble but yeah he he's one who might pay off if not many other people have Mares, so it's um could be a, again another maverick choice, but I'd, uh, probably that's a bit too maverick for me at the moment.
0: Gary, um, what do you think of the strategy? Just kind of looking at the, the the goals scored so far, City are so far ahead already with twenty-seven goals. I think the nearest team are obviously Liverpool with eighteen, which is kind of miles away considering it's only seven games. Is it not just worth us saying, okay, let's you know reshape our teams to have Aguero, De Bruyne, and Sterling? Three of the Man City, the key Man City attacking players, and just build a team around that. Does that not make more sense, do you think, than
1: other strategies? I mean, you, you, you're taking 36, 34 million out of your team to do that, I think, over 34 million. But, I mean, Man City will score most goals this season and by quite a considerable margin. That's not, That's not a flash in the pan. They are the best team and they do like hammer teams in a way that. Liverpool occasionally hammer teams, um, but but City do it more consistently, and they they're really dangerous. I'd I'd still be t- I'd be tempted just to go with two out of those three, and look at getting a key player in somewhere else, just because I think even though those three are very dangerous, they're not always going to do it every game together, um, and particularly now the Champions League's are kind of in kind of getting into full swing. You worry that, like, Jesus um, and some of the other attacking midfield players that, that City have um, are going get, to get a lot of game time.
0: Um, yeah, and then uh, I guess if you're going to play those three, you're probably going to drop someone like Salah, who's going to play every game or pretty much every game, isn't he? So, yeah, that makes sense. Fair yeah, enough.
1: you kind of you, you kind of got the thing with, like, Liverpool are the other, obviously, the other quality team, and they're they also score quite a lot of goals but the good thing with them is that their goals like always come from the same five players it's like the front three and the full backs it must be like 80% of their goals it's very it's very rare you had you had this week you had Wynaldum score a goal which i don't think was assisted which is which is almost unheard of that liverpool score a goal and it's not not the front three with one of the fullbacks assisting it whereas with City you just don't know do you it's like I mean you had Otter scoring a couple last week um you you get people like Bernardo Silva who you don't know if he's going to play but when he does he pops up with a hat trick um so it's it's just like you know City are going to score goals it's just who's going to get them who's going to play
0: yeah fair enough two out of three sounds like a, a better strategy I like that one um Next up, it's Southampton versus Chelsea. And this is one for me. Um, I find Southampton quite a difficult team to call at the moment. Um, But looking at their kind of results so far, they're they're actually yet to to pick up a win at home. Um, So I think, yeah, they're struggling in front of their home fans and they're they're meeting a Chelsea team who away from home so far, have scored five away to Wolves and three away to Norwich. Um, so Chelsea, uh, one of those teams this season who, who seem to be saying, you know, we're just going to try and score more than the opposition. We're going to concede and we're going to attack. Um, but you know, attack is their focus. Um, yeah. So I think Chelsea, stats wise, are a joint third worst in the league for goals conceded, which is pretty appalling but they, they score a huge amount as well so I would I know a lot of people have gone for Tomori recently on wild cards and transfers personally I'm, I'm not very keen on them just for the amount of goals that Chelsea concede and how open they are when they attack Um I am slightly more interested in in Alonso I was mentioning mentioning Pereira recently as an alternative if you're looking to get rid of Dinia or maybe double Liverpool defence. I think Alonso is an interesting option. He's definitely looked um, past the eye test recently um, when he's played and he already has um, an attack and return of the season and obviously a track record, a very good track record. Price-wise it's not great, but ownership-wise it's, it's 2.6 and over tomorrow obviously you'd be getting that attacking potential in a team that just wants to go forward and you know Alonso can kind of bomb forward. Um yeah, so I think Mount and Abraham look like great options. Other options on the Chelsea um lineup like Callum Hud, Hudson-Odoi. Um I think he is a great option but maybe not just yet. I my thinking at the start of the season when I brought in Mount uh, early on was that Mount was a nice price, onset pieces, very attacking. But if, um, Callum Hudson-Odoi returns from injury and starts scoring loads, bucket loads of goals, it's an easy downgrade at a similar kind of bracket. Um, so I don't think he's, he's one to go to yet. I think Lampard came out and said this week, you know, he might not get as many minutes as he wants just yet, but, um, essentially saying that he has to prove himself to, to get into the team. He can't just walk into the team. Um, So, yeah, I think when I was also saying before, when I was chatting to Gary about Burnley, that looking at Burnley, I've got rid of Ashley Barnes because I don't think that their focus is scoring goals. They don't just attack, attack. Their focus is defence and being solid. So I like my goalkeeper and my defensive players to be from a team like that. But then I brought in Tammy Abraham instead, because although I don't think he's most polished player in the world i think he's he's the starting striker at the moment at a a big club whose focus now is just attacking so i think by the law of averages having abraham over someone like ashley barnes um is is just going to pay off over the season basically so i think yeah he's a good shout if if matt if you're not sure about hilaire and if you're still holding on to barnes or another kind of uh, player in that kind of bracket then I think Tammy just across the season or or across um, from now until Christmas is going to be a good bet. Uh, Next up, it's Matt with Newcastle versus Man United.
2: Can Man U lift themselves and and beat one of the worst teams in the league, Matt? So I, I reckon, and I'm going to put myself out here. I reckon Man United might be able to squeeze past Newcastle United in a very tight affair. Um, yeah, United aren't looking on great form. Um, they look a bit mediocre players-wise. Uh, as soon as Martial got injured, I think he sort of exposed the fact that our squad is a bit threadbare. There's not a lot of backup. Uh, Lingard's an awful form. So it's basically just, well, Pogba and a slightly out of form Rashford at the moment is our, our attacking threat. But luckily, Newcastle are dreadful. So hopefully we'll get uh, like one or two goals and that'll be enough to uh, to squeeze home.
0: I thought Daniel James looked like probably your best player against Arsenal this evening. Would you agree? Do you think he's still a kind of FPL option?
2: Um, I think he's, yeah, he's definitely a very good price point. Um, He's now gone a few games without getting a goal. Um, I mean, he can start the season really well. So I think he's one of those players that he probably reflects his price. I don't think he's better than his price. I think he's he'll chip in of a few goals over the course of the season. He does look quite lively for man united but he's still a bit raw so i don't think he's like gonna be he might squeeze double figures in goals this season i don't think he'll um he'll, he'll be getting much more than that
0: fair enough and should people be bringing in scott mctominay former uh, former player of the year for man united lest we forget
2: <laughs> well uh, with a bit of recency bias i'd say yeah definitely uh five million no one else has got him He looks like the uh yeah, the midfield general for Man United at the moment. Um, with Pogba, I think he's got a bit of an injury at the moment, so he's he's not doing all that. And he, after all, he's three million more than a, the hero McTominay. I keep on
0: I keep on waiting for for Greenwood to start a game. He always seems so close to starting a game, and then suddenly, you know, Rashford returns unexpectedly from injury, or you know, he changes his plans up front. Do you think? Do you think it's worth waiting for Greenwood, keeping him in your team? Because he might get that start or might get that those points off the bench. He's yet to do it, isn't he?
2: Yeah, but then if you're picking Greenwood, are, are you really picking him so you put him in your first 11 or are you just picking him so he's a make-weight to afford a more expensive player elsewhere?
0: Yeah, I guess I guess I would be picking him. as I, If I had him on my team, it would be so he would get minutes and actually get returns at some point in the season. Rather than just just being yeah. a
2: cheap player, Well, I think he's by far and away the best four and a half million pound striker. Uh, but it doesn't mean much. Uh, he, he's still not going to like uh, get many goals this season. But and uh, predicting predicting the game week that he'll score the goal is probably very difficult. He, he's usually off the bench, and he'll get I don't know, if, he'll get a couple of goals this year. But um, he's not he's not like a bargain bargain. Tr- uh, brilliant pick. He's just sort of like a mate weight pit, I'd say. Yeah,
0: fair enough. Just uh, yeah, an enabler for sure. And um, what about whipping boys, Gary? Who are your whipping boys?
1: So I, I actually, I don't think there's going to be a proper thrashing this week. But if you're looking for the biggest win, I, I reckon it's well. I, I think Wolves are the whipping boys. I, I think they're going to they're going to come unstuck against Man City, but they'll they'll only get mildly mildly whipped three 0 I don't think they'll get, get a proper spanking.
0: Okay. What do you reckon,
1: Matt?
2: <laughs> um I think that's a really good shout. I think Arsenal might score a few against Bournemouth, who can't defend, but um I'd be more confident about Man City. Yeah, it's I it's
0: reckon. that Europa League game um beforehand, isn't it? Um yeah, that swings it for me as well. So wolves are our whipping boys. Um what about clean sheets? Gary, who's your first clean sheet?
1: Um, well, I'll, I'll stick with that. I'd say Man City, uh, home to Wolves.
0: Okay, fair enough. What about you,
2: Matt? Um, I'm going to go for... Hmm. I'm going to go for Man U, away at Newcastle. Ah,
0: going with the safe one. I think that's fair enough. Yeah.
2: G- going to the heart rather than head. I, think. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I see a couple of fixtures that I think I see clean sheets in uh, Burnley Everton and West Ham Crystal Palace. Um, it's just picking who I think I'm going to go with the with the West Ham team because, um, yeah, stats wise at home, they're looking good for clean sheets and I think they're quite a solid team. So West Ham for me, Gary, back to you.
1: Um, so I've I've just got a sneaky feeling that um, Newcastle are going to keep Manu out. I've got I've got them Newcastle for a clean sheet. Um, I don't know what I'm basing this on, but I'd, I'd, Steve Bruce has never won against Manchester United, has he? I I, I just feel like he's going to confound everyone. He's going to get sacked in Christmas, and the only two games he's going to win are Man United and Spurs away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he used to he used to be famous for rolling over and letting. Alex Ferguson tickled his belly when he was Sunderland manager and other managers against Man United. But maybe it's not the same now Ferguson's in charge. Maybe that's a good call. Yeah, maybe I think...
1: now Solskjaer has to defer to him as the um, the senior guy yeah. when Solskjaer first signed.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of maybe agree with you based on how Man U's attack looked um, against Arsenal. The only thing is that they were very dangerous on the counter attack. And Newcastle are at home, so you, you'd expect them to maybe expose themselves slightly more um to the counter-attack but yeah that's an interesting shout i like it back to you matt
2: um i think spurs stand a chance against brighton i reckon yeah brighton are are the home team but i just think spurs are, uh, they're they're definitely better than brighton i think brighton are gladly receiver. yeah bit.
0: okay nice one um so I'll go for the, for the other fixture in this one that I talked about before, Burnley and Everton. I think I'm probably going to go for a Burnley clean sheet, just um, Grizzly uh, at the back and Everton looking quite sure up front. So yeah, Burnley
1: for me. Back to you, Gary. Um, Lundstrom at uh, Lundstrom and the boys much, much as I don't want them to, but I, th- I think they might keep a clean sheet at, at Watford.
0: Yeah. You um, said it before. Yeah yeah nice one um okay matt can you see any more
1: i think we've picked half the pictures <laughs> now which i think
2: is far too many
0: yeah it's a record um we'll leave it there then fair enough um we'll go for a quick break and when we come back we'll we'll have a look at the fanatics league see how their listeners are doing against us and and have a look at our wild card in our hive team see see how it got on OK, let's have a look at the let's have a look at our our league at FPL Fanatics Podcast League. Um, and the first thing to say is that out of nowhere, Ben, um, Fanatics Ben is actually burst back into the top two. He's taken John Hartepe's, um place and he's I wouldn't say he's pushing Kevin Miles for first place. He's he's still 40 uh, odd points off him. Um, but he's gone to second place so he's he's representing the polls in the league which is impressive stuff um yeah with a, a score of 58 points this week um so he's doing pretty well I think another player to shout out um is greg greg dobwell um, who's the top scorer in in the top half of the league with 63 points with his team gunning for glory I can get behind that name um and greg is a, a friend of the pod as well so let's have a look at his team
1: he's got what wisely no arsenal from greg i see
0: yeah same <laughs> as me as an arsenal fan that's 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 the nouse we have not putting any arsenal players in our team so he's got patricio in goal which is an interesting choice but nine points from him this week so that's a big differential um he's got soian and alexander arnold getting in returns Uh, Sterling captaincy, De Bruyne, Mount, Salah, that, and Cantwell. So that seems to be the template midfield now. It doesn't even seem to be. That is the template midfield. Um, It's hard to look beyond that. And then Otamendi at the back, Trent, Soyuncu, Abraham and Haller up front. But I think the big difference for him is is having Patricio in goal, who you can be pretty sure isn't going to be rotated, whereas the rest of the Wolves team are going to be. Patricio is going to be um, behind the sticks for most games, isn't he? And their fixtures look... look pretty nice after this man city game um a few good fixtures so yeah bit of a differential goalkeeper gary you're a big fan of differential goalkeepers but you didn't see patricio coming did
1: you no well i, th- I mean he's a, he's away at man city next next game but i, d- I did um i did i did fancy wolves for a clean sheet uh last week against watford um yeah um i get, i guess we 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 gave um Andy some stick over his pronunciation last week so I'll have a go at um uh, Shungu Namutityahima, um is the name of the team uh, belonging to Orton Duilly, uh and they I think they're the top scorers overall with 69 points um so well well done to Orton as well with that team they've got Doherty back 15 points and Patricio so um so yeah rolling in with the Wolves players the wolves
0: defensive double up impressive stuff yeah a true maverick um yeah if you want to join the league if you want to take us on especially ben um up the top of the league then um find the league code on twitter we're at fpl Fanatics. um so give us a follow on there get in touch with us as well if you want to get in touch with the show Um, let's have a look at our, our joint team so this season we're we're putting our heads together and managing a team as one Matt, how did we get on after our wild card?
2: Yeah, so um, I think you guys debated a lot of the wild card picks. Um, and then over the week, I think Ben and I chipped in with a few of our own selections of players that we, we wanted to see in our hive mind. And uh, it all came together and we, we fell down our, our league a little bit uh, with the wild card team. But it, I think it's quite a nice looking team now. So we've got. Uh, Pope and Button, the goalkeeping combo. It's quite quite template, uh, but saves a lot of money. And then across the back, we've got uh, Trent Otamendi, Sionku, uh, and then Diop um, and Rico as the the cheap cheapo. And then across the midfield, we've got uh, Mane, De Bruyne, Son, McGinn, um, and Cantwell. Um, so we've yeah we've. Getting Son and De Bruyne a nine and a half million combo there is, uh, is, is uh, I think a bit different, but also uh, got, got lots of points potential. And up front, we've gone Aguero and Abraham um, with Greenwood as the, uh, the sort of the make weight to afford that. So um, we picked Aguero captain, so he's off the bench. Uh, four points was well, it, it, it wasn't bad, but it could have been could have been better if only we'd gone De Bruyne, who's our vice captain. Uh, and it got as as forty nine points, so all in all, pretty solid wild card. Um, yeah, what do you guys think? Yeah, in a,
0: in a low scoring week, you know, average points are forty four or something around that. Forty nine points, not bad. Low scoring week. Yeah, I think all I ever want after a wild card is just a decent score. I don't hope for anything massive. It's it's about the the long term with a wild card. I think.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a there's a few picks there that um, we've. A lot of players having already played their wild cards. The players that have emerged since then, are starting to come through, we've, we've managed to get those guys in. So, I think Son looks good, and Diop for the fixtures is is, is pretty decent. And Sion Kuh, now the fixtures have turned for Leicester as well as uh, quite good cheap cheap defenders that have enabled us to get Abraham Aguero up front and some big hitters in midfield.
0: How are we looking for next week? Well, sorry, next game week.
2: So next game week. Um, yeah, I, I think the transfer decision uh, will, will sit on to Gary if he wants to make any transfers. Um, Gary, do you have any things that you think need surgery in this team at the moment?
1: Um, I think after we've done the wild card, we should probably leave it a week. Um, I, I think we've got, yeah, I mean, we've, we've got pretty good. Obviously, the three City players need to play. Then you've got, by the looks of it, you've got, is it Chelsea, West Ham have decent fixtures? Um we might be struggling a little bit. I guess you want to rest Soyunchu for a visit to Anfield and Rico for a for a visit to um the Emirates. So I, I guess that just means we put Campwell in and leave those two on the bench.
2: Yeah, the three three five two. Um I presume we don't want Greenwood in no, there. No,
0: not not just yet. Not until he gets a, a finally gets an attacking return in the Premier League. I think it looks pretty strong. Back three of Trent, Diop, Otamendi, all with home games. All that we're predicting to be quite tight games of favouring the home team. Um, same with Pope in goal. That looks pretty good. Yeah. McGinn away to Norwich with his goal-scoring form.
2: I like it. Yeah. In which case, who do we captain is the next question, Mark. Mm. I... I wonder if
1: um, maybe De Bruyne or Aguero he has got the form, um, but but maybe take a call on Saturday morning once we've seen the who Man City play in midweek in the Champions League and who we think is going to be rested.
0: Yeah, I think definitely see, see who plays for City. I think definitely a City player, but see who plays in the Champions League and De Bruyne or, or Aguero. I do just, I do just fancy De Bruyne at the moment in the home games. I think he he returns pretty consistently with high points return. I think in his last three home games it's 11, 13, and 17, which is, you know, Aguero chipping in with uh, at least one goal. You sometimes just gets five or six points from him, whereas De Bruyne seems to be really explosive at home. But we'll yeah see see how it goes in Europe. And also De Bruyne missed training today as well. Yeah. Ooh. So whether that means he's uh injury doubt, sometimes Pep keeps those kind of things hush hush. We'll have to see as the week week develops.
2: Well, I think yeah, Aguero just looking at it, he's basically got points returns every home game this season and he's also got some um big double point hauls. So uh I think I think it's finally balanced. I, I wouldn't just default to KDB just yet. Yeah.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um Shall we have a look at gut punts, Gary? How did we do last week? Um, so, I'd,
1: I mentioned last week I'd opened up a 29-point a lead. So, I thought maybe it was worth giving you all a bit of a chance to catch up. Um, so, I <laughs> went with Diogo, Diogo Jota as my gut punt, who then went and got injured in midweek. So, he didn't play. Um, and my regular gut punt, Che Adams, didn't play at all either. Um, so... Duncan, you didn't well, three of you went for Leicester at home to Newcastle, which was a which was a sound tactic, but none of the players really hammered it. I mean Chilwell for Matt got six, Tielemans for Duncan got three, um, Perez for Ben got six. Um, Andy also picked up six from Ericsson. So you all kind of ticked it over a bit. Uh but Ben's the only one who's really been catching up. He's also got Danny Ings as his um season long pick who um scored against um Spurs. Um, so so yeah he's um, yeah he, he at least got he got nine points. So um so so Ben's got fifteen overall this week and is closing the gap. I think he might have just overtaken you Duncan. Yeah Ben's no. into second. No so, uh, yeah he's uh closing the gap but anyway um so yeah for this week um ben has gone for pogba uh paul pogba so um my nemesis last season he's actually only at four percent ownership at the moment um so not many people are are kind of going for for a punt on him um so um ben thinks he's going to come out of of that narrow defeat at newcastle with uh with a few bonus points um for me I'm going to go with a player I've never seen play um but um I'm sure this is his breakthrough game um I quite like the um I think um Saka at Arsenal um he's quite interesting that he's he was put straight into the team kind of away at Villa he had, he had to come off because of a red card at half time for um for Maitland-Niles and then he's played 79 minutes at Old Trafford Um, So I just think that at home to Bournemouth, uh, and it's looking like that he's flavour of the month at the moment, this might be a chance for him to to notch his first professional goals. And he could be a real bargain if he's he's a regular for Arsenal, uh, 4.5 million. Um, So maybe um, it might be a bit early to put him in, but if you want to be ahead of the curve, then have a look at Saka. Uh, what, what do you reckon, Dunk? Is that, <laughs> is that completely ludicrous? or Well,
0: um, you know? I, I don't know if it's ludicrous. It's definitely a gut punt, but um, it's an interesting one to highlight as well, that price and, and playing for Arsenal. I didn't even realise he picked up the assist in the uh, Man United game, so he has actually got form. He's got a, an attacking return. Um, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on at that price, um, if he can keep playing and if he gets some confidence from that attacking return, yeah? Fair enough. Can I can I jump in with mine before Matt takes him off? Yeah. Then? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Um, I'm going to go. I've, I've shouted him out already. Um, I'm going to go with Yarmolenko um, for West Ham at home to Crystal Palace. Um, he's got three goals in his last four games. He's the top scoring FPL player for West Ham. And that's despite um, not playing in the first game and not really featuring very much in the next two games. Um, so he's definitely a man in form. 2.6% uh, owned, six million, um, and very, very selfish, which is what you want from an FPL
2: player. Nice pick. I hadn't thought of it going for him actually. Who have you gone for, man? Uh, I well, I've had a last minute change of heart here, and I am going to go for Marcus Alonso. Um, just for the you, you convinced me of your build up um, just earlier that 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 old attacking threat that was Marcus Alonso bombing down the wing uh, when he's meant to be a fullback, is back uh, its always got the potential to score a goal. And I reckon Southampton, a uh, little bit of a weak team, definitely potential for goals there. And uh, you never know, even a possibility to be clean sheet. And
0: he's got the motivation of trying to break back into the team as well while Emerson is out. So that's,
2: yeah, he's got everything you need. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I'm, I think I'm rock bottom of our gut punts league. So I can, I need something. I have a habit of picking the player that scores the week after I've picked him. I think I had Miliejevic and I predicted his, his penalty just a week too early, um, a couple of weeks back.
0: Nice one. Um, I think that's that's us for this week. If you don't follow us already, as I said before, give us a follow at FPL, Um, And if you've got the time and you like the show, please give us a review on, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Um, it'd be great. More people can find us. We really appreciate that. So I think that just leaves to say thank you, Gary, for your insight.
1: Thanks very much.
2: Thank you for your insight, Matt. Thank you. Come on, Scott Patton, Tom our midfield general, for next, next yeah. week. Yeah,
0: um, we will speak to you then. <laughs>